Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 149, Keeping Up with the Joneses. It's November 28th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, clearly podcaster, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. My music is by Howie Moscovich. Keeping up with the Joneses. Oh my heavens, this is a very common phenomenon, very common. And for many people, this is a blind spot. So they're not aware, consciously aware that they operate in this mode. And I think that's true for many, if not most people. I don't know, that would be a great great thing for the Gallup poll people to, uh, to explore and investigate. So before I dive in, I do want to mention that this podcast and any of my content is not designed to be medical or therapy advice in any capacity. That's uh, for medical therapists and licensed professionals of which I'm not. So take it for what it is. My next piece before I dive in is if you are in the deaf or hard of hearing community or you know people who are, please let them know that I have transcripts for all of my podcasts on my hosting platform, rss.com. Next, I do have a giveaway, which is, please enter my giveaway. You can still enter it. I'm just not shipping, having the winners picked and shipping the prizes until 2024 because of my car accident and my limited mobility, etc., And lastly, last but not least, certainly not least, if you are feeling or have been feeling suicidal, hopeless, that life is too hard for you, that you can't catch a break, that life is not worth living, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at either 1-800-273-8255 or by calling or texting 988. So that number again is either 1-800-273-8255 or text or call 988. Now 988 is supposed to be where all calls are being directed, kind of replacing the 1-800-273-8255. But I'm unclear that, that 988 is operational in all U.S. states. So I'm giving you both. Now, Going back to keeping up with the Joneses. So first of all, my request is that you keep an open mind during this podcast, because if it's going to make a difference for you, beating yourself up or going, woe is me, it's really not going to be helpful. I mean, you can do that. But rather, listen from the point of view for aha moments. If you've been following along my podcast, I have had many aha moments this year about myself. I run away from love. I'm very guarded with the man. um, I've been trauma bonded multiple times. Like I'm learning a lot about myself and hopefully you are too. And hopefully you can chuckle at yourself and not have this be overly serious. I mean, this is, you know, a little bit serious topic, but you can have some fun with it. So, you know, use this podcast as, as it's designed, which is to help you have a better life. 
That's what all of my content is for. So let's get some definitions out on the page. For First of all, keeping up with the Joneses is actually an idiom. I think most of you know what it means. It's keeping up with your neighbors, friends, family, whomever, in terms of material, wealth, possessions, career, what have you. Now, so I want to define materialism, which is a noun, because this is underneath the idiom. And materialism is defined as a concern for possessions or material wealth and physical comfort especially to the exclusion of spiritual or intellectual pursuits. So that's materialism. Now, um, the theory or attitude that physical well-being and worldly possessions uh, constitute the greatest good and highest value in life is another aspect or component of materialism, that really it's the physical, material, worldly possessions that are of the greatest good and highest value. So... You know, part of there's different ways to define this concept of keeping up with the Joneses. Materialism or being materialistic is one. Being shallow or superficial is another. Now, the definition of shallow as an adjective is lacking depth of intellect, emotion, or knowledge, or judging others by looks or how much money they have, or not deep. And the actually the synonym for shallow is superficial. And we're going to take that definition of lacking depth of intellect, emotion, or knowledge, or judging others by how they look or what they have. So, as I said before, this is many people's blind spot. They don't, they don't recognize that this is how they operate. Well, so let's ask, is this good or is this bad or is it somewhat neutral? Well, that depends. <laughs> that depends entirely on what point of view you want to adopt. So there is a body of research that outlines that deep relationships are significant for well-being and happiness, which would then, of course, rule out being superficial, superficial, shallow, or materialistic. But let's we could I think we could say it's it's not ideal. Maybe not the healthiest position. However, culturally and historically. This idea of keeping up with the Joneses or having material wealth being how you're judged by is as old as humanity and is ingrained and embedded in some of our longstanding caste systems or the way some societies are set up. So there is a very long, deep cultural and historic aspect to the idea of keeping up with the Joneses. So we, we could argue, we could argue, argue that it's been generally, generationally passed down from century to century. Well, I don't know about that, but certainly it's, it's the basis for some um, social systems and social, you know, organizational systems. So one thing that the research shows, if we got want to dive a little bit, just a little bit, dip our toe into the research, is that materialistic people have actually lower social and personal well-being. So they're not they're not as well off socially or personally in terms of their well-being. And the research says that because what they're saying in the research is that people who tend to be materialistic that could also be shallow or superficial, tend to be more compulsive and impulsive in their spending, have increased debt, more likely to suffer from depression, social anxiety, and have less psychological satisfaction, decreased savings. They're, they're, they're less happy than their peers. They experience more negative emotions like fear and sadness, 
and they experience having less meaning in their life. So on the surface, on, on a light, light research blush, it seems that the research is tending towards the negative, that most of the negative, most of the research is saying that being materialistic or keeping up with the Joneses is, is not a good thing because the research states that it's really the opposite of gratitude. And we do know there is our buckets and buckets full of research on gratitude and the health benefits and the mental and emotional well-being benefits from gratitude. So, but I do want to be fair because I am all about truth and fairness here. Uh, to be totally fair, there, there are, there is an opposing point of view, or you can find some articles stating that it's not all bad. So I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the research is is on the side of it's not a good thing. And some of the articles I saw are simply that they're opinion articles. They're they're really just opinions. Uh, I'm not sure how deep or rich the research is. I think it's probably not there. But how ha- so so good or bad? I think we can say it tends towards the negative. Not a ton of positive things about it, but you can you can make up your own positive things about it if you want. So why do people or how do people end up being shallow, superficial, or materialistic? Well, I think that's a great question because I'm going to argue or assert just off the top of my head, I think this affects significantly more than 50% of the population. Going back to my Gallup poll friends, I don't actually have any friends at Gallup poll yet. I should call them and make friends, but this would be a great poll that people could take anonymously uh, to, to find out. I think it's a pretty high number. So where does that come from? Well, number one, it one source, now there's many sources, one source is parental example. So children growing up see their parents behaving in this way, they hear conversations and their parents are their role models. So parenting and family environment is one. Another source is social or peer pressure. And there's immense peer pressure. There can be immense peer pressure among kids to have the right kind of sneakers or the right brand of jeans or the right this or that. So there is some social and peer pressure that could be sources. So maybe it's not from the family, but it could come from peers quite easily or their social group. Another source, very strong source, is the culture we live in and social media. There are certainly a plethora of advertisements and ad and media campaigns that really have the undertone of you would be better off if you had this product or, you know, some undertone or sometimes it's very direct. Um, So culturally, we have this going on and and for sure in social media and, and marketing and ad campaigns. Now, the next source I have for this is um, it could be a response to trauma. And there's a lot of different ways, in my opinion, that this could be this could come from trauma. So for for one one way it could come from trauma is being rejected. So if a a man is rejected or a woman is rejected, young or old or whatever age, they might decide, oh, I need to lose weight. Oh, I need to dye my hair. Oh, I need to, you know, get a nicer car. Or they could, they could, it could be driven by a response to a rejection. And rejection can be trauma for some people. 
Um, so being rejected, a lack of love and affection. So when there's a lack of love and affection, that's a void that gets filled by other things, sometimes not good things. Parents playing favorites can also be a source of the trauma that provides people with the avenue or, or move towards having material stuff be their source of comfort and satisfaction, and which is the next point, which is, you know, some people will end up as a result of trauma finding comfort and finding their feeling good in material things. And again, this is not your fault. If you're having, you know, keeping up with the Joneses as a response to trauma, that is in no way your fault. Like that's how you got put together, but that's not your fault. Or the absence of, of meaningful interactions, which would help you develop depth of personality. So those are all reasons. And there can be also indirect or direct pressure from family, from significant others, could be even neighbors, could be could be lots of co-workers where it's direct or indirect pressure. Oh, you need to, you know, get a better car or, you know, why don't you move or whatever. So there can be very direct or indirect pressure. Uh, and it could be a misguided attempt to attract you know, a life partner or a date or a significant other. It's not unheard of. It's actually common that um, people will use success or material wealth as a bait um, to, to attract somebody to date or to be with. And you could have learned it from someone in your life in a circle. It, you know, even you could have seen it role modeled from uh, your sports coach or a teacher. Like there's all kinds of areas where this could be sourced by. So I think you get the idea. There's a, there's a lot of ways that this could have come into your life if this, if this fits you. And the question is, regardless of how you may have ended up this way, assuming that this fits, is this the, the life that you want? Is this a choice that you're making for yourself moving forward? Well, I don't know. <laughs> You'll have to decide and think about that. I will say on this subject of keeping up with the Joneses, I remember being in elementary school and at the time there was this short set of shorts. It was a top and a set of shorts. I think it was actually made by Danskin. And and it was like the rage for girls in, you know, fourth or fifth grade, you know, like you, you were you were like cool if you had a Danskin short set. And I, I kind of observed this. I was I've always been kind of an observer of life. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay. So eventually, though, I'm not sure how I ended up getting, I think by the fifth grade, a, a Danskin short set, you know. And and I have to tell you, I have to tell you. So my thoughts were, wow, like there, this is a lot of hype over nothing. Like they're not, they're not incredibly like comfortable. It wasn't like, oh my God, you, these are the most comfortable top and shorts you're ever going to wear. No, no. And I, and I don't even think the designs were that attractive. <laughs> so I was left as a, like a fifth grader thinking, OMG, what is the big deal? Like, tell me what, like I, I'm missing something because of course I didn't feel any better because I had the short set. I mean, I, I, I don't know how I got it, but I, I just didn't feel any different. It wasn't like, oh, now, yeah, now I'm cool. No. I, first of all, I've never espoused or tried to be cool people. That's not, I'm never going to try to be cool. I think that's just not the way I am. But it was a rude awakening. But that's not where some people go. Some people would have gotten the short set and then felt better about themselves or made some other decisions. So 
we do have the case where sometimes having material things fills a void and it, it fills a void of what well i i i have lots of ideas because we what we know is we know that there are lots of people who are wealthy who are still very unhappy they're they're very unhappy so wealth doesn't mean that you're going to be happy but people will use material things to fill the void and sometimes the material things are addictions or other problematic behaviors. So why is this subject so important? Why, 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 why? <laughs> I know you might be wondering, yeah, why is this so important? So well, I'm going to tell you because number one, it has everything to do with mental and emotional health and well-being. And that's one of my things. I want people in the world to be happy. I want people in the world to be healthy and I want people in the world to be well loved and where there's an absence of things that constitute good mental and emotional health, then we end up usually with poor mental health or a mental illness. So this is important, number one, because of what it can do for dealing with it, can do for mental and emotional health. The next piece it has to do with is your friends and your posse and the people in your life. Once you become awake and aware to the idea that you might be, in some respects, trying to keep up with the Joneses, it creates an opening for you to look at your life newly, to look at your life differently and to say, hmm, where am I doing that? Does that serve me? And what else could I be doing? So it would have an impact and be important relative to your friends because I don't know about you, but I have had friends who tried to pressure me to wear better name brand clothes or dress better, what have you. And, I, you know, th no, thank you. No, thank you. Like, if you need to wear XYZ brand to feel good about yourself, good for you. I don't need that. And what I also don't need is someone trying to make me feel bad because I'm not buying the brands you buy. So it would have everything or could have a lot to do with your friends and your friend circle and who you pick as friends. And hugely, hugely why this is important it has everything to do with dating and picking a life partner if you're going to pick a life partner. Now, for some of you or some of us, I'll include myself, we already picked a life partner and we picked badly. <laughs> we, we were fooled by a mask. We were conned or what have you. But if you are thinking about like, let's say you have kids or let's say you're single and you're thinking about, you know, getting involved with someone don't you want somebody who's going to love you for who you are? Well, I would hope that you want to end up with someone who wants you for you and not what you have or not what you can do for them. If you go on to dating apps, I, I, I've done dating apps plenty, but I haven't done them for the last couple of years, nor do I intend to. Um, you can see men and women, both men and women, who on their dating app profile uh, they basically show their homes and their expensive jewelry, luxury cars, uh, you know, men, their watches or, you know, really showing a little bit of their wealth. Or in some cases, they're showing a lot of their wealth or money, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. There's nothing bad about that. What you want to ask yourself, though, is what kind of person 
is that going to attract? Well, it might attract somebody who's interested in um, money. Hold on. Uh, so if you're, if you want to be with someone who wants you for your money, that's great. Well, then go ahead and do it. I don't know a lot of people who would like that though. There are some people, they only want a trophy wife. Good, you know, flaunt your wealth and your success and you can have a trophy wife. That may be what you need and maybe what you want. My hope for people is that if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what I want for you. I want you to be loved for your heart. I want you to be loved for your character, your personality, and your goodness. The things that really matter, the things that really count, and the things that are extremely unlikely to change over time. You could lose all your money, and then who would stick around? Well, if you've attracted somebody because of your wealth, and they've taken it all, they're not going to stick around. Or if you lose it, they're not going to stick. It's unlikely they'll stick around. Now, they could, but... So you see the problem. If this is your blind spot, you, won't, you don't see it. And when you have a blind spot and you don't see it, it masks or covers up that blind spot so you operate not knowing it. And, and this is very significant because I'm going to tell you, and many people have been through this, picking the wrong partner, spouse, or significant other can be not only devastating, it can be catastrophic. It can really be catastrophic. And that's not to say that if you attract somebody because of your wealth or success or what have you, uh, then it might not work out. It might work out. You know, you might end up with somebody who's, you know, very superficial and you guys could be superficial together and it would be great. Like, I don't know, but this is not the most powerful way to live as I've already covered. Your chances, however, of it working out are significantly and exponentially higher if somebody is attracted to you for who you are, that's what you hopefully you want. And if you don't want it, then you can stick to going being about superficial. But I'm telling you, you're in very good company if this applies to you. So then we're going to talk about, okay, so let's say at this point in the podcast, you could kind of maybe give a slight nod, maybe a teeny tiny nod to the fact that you might be, you might be uh, the tend towards keeping up with the Joneses. Or you might tend to be a little superficial or shallow. Please don't beat yourself up. Oh, please. I mean, you can. You're, you're welcome to if you want to. It's just not helpful. So now what? Well, so now if you've recognized that you might have done that, or you might do that, or you might do it a lot or a little bit, then, then I'm going to give you some strategies or some actions you can take to move away from that because life is very rich and meaningful when you're not dealing with superficial things or materialistic things let me tell you so number one the first place i would suggest you start is to grow your emotional skills to begin to start to allow yourself to feel and sometimes because i've worked with a lot of people over the years Sometimes people have become so accustomed to keeping up with the Joneses and stuff and the doingness of life that they have forgotten or they never knew how to feel. Like their emotions are a foreign part to their body. They're just they're they're just bankrupt when it comes to emotions. Don't make yourself bad or wrong if that's the case, but I'm telling you, 
it's more common than you might realize. So you might not know how to feel. Like you might have to start just beginning to wake up to notice your emotions and your feelings. And that would be okay. Again, remember how I said all the different ways this could have started. My strongest guess is that it started in childhood from one of the different influences that I said. Regardless, emotional skills is one of the things that's missing. Now, I have on my website for you. I mean, it, it is for you people. I already know this. I don't need I don't need my content for me. But I have a free emotional workbook to help you begin the journey for how to deal with, learn how to manage and process and identify your emotions. I would start by downloading that. It's on the right-hand side of the page below the Newsweek logo. And for starters, if you're going to do that, I do recommend in the workbook that you print out an emotional vocabulary word sheet and start using it. Because as a society, I would say we have, as a society, collectively, uh, emotional vocabulary of like a, a kindergartner or first grader. We have a very, very limited emotional vocabulary. So that's number one, is to start to allow yourself to feel, to start to feel and then to get on the road and start the process of learning how to identify, manage, and process your emotions. And catch yourself in the process, going to catch yourself and get back on point. Like all of this podcast and all my other podcasts will support you. So number one, get on the bandwagon and the journey for emotional skills. Number two, catch yourself. Catch yourself when you are thinking thoughts where you're comparing yourself to others or where you're thinking about thoughts that would be under the genre of keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, I need to, you know, my next door neighbor just got a new car. Oh, it's time for me to get a new car. Just notice and catch yourself, catch yourself, catch yourself. That means you're becoming awake and aware. My next suggestion is to evaluate and assess where is love and affection in your life. I don't know where love and affection is in your life, but that is a good place to, to start. Do you have a lot of love and affection? Is it low? Is it in abundance? Is it overflowing? Notice, because most people don't have tons and tons of love and affection in their life. I hate to break it to you, but I'm sorry. No, most people don't. It's a sad missing. And this might feel awkward to you. For some people, you know, they would rather have a root canal than allow love and affection. And if that's where you're at, if you'd rather have a root canal than allow love and affection, that would be an important point for you to embrace that that's where you're at. It doesn't mean you're going to stay there forever. You can stay there forever. You can stay there as long as you want. It's your life. But but notice where you are about having love and affection in your life. And go back to my suggestion number one and start learning how to deal with your emotions. Now, when I say love and affection, by the way, it can be platonic or romantic or both. It doesn't have to be romantic. It could be platonic or it could be both. It's your choice, but get in action. My next suggestion is that you focus and bring into your life, front and center, self-love, self-care, and self-compassion. This will help you to start to fill the void that you probably have or likely have. And when I say self-care, I mean taking care of yourself in a loving and kind and, and generous and hopefully fun manner. I do not mean 
doing shallow or superficial things because you're superficially or shallowly concerned with your appearance. We do have people who are completely shallow or they're, they're vain about their appearance to the extreme. Now, I know I could be considered a little vain having had my eyelash curler, mascara, and eyeliner brought to the hospital in a mirror after my car nearly fatal car accident on Labor Day. Yes, you could call me a little vain, but like, oh my gosh, I don't wear fake nails. I don't wear foundation blush. Like, I don't color my hair. Like, come on. I'm, I'm pretty natural, pretty fairly natural there. But I'm not, when I say self-care, I am not talking about this extreme where you're really having your body and your appearance be another projection of keeping up with the Joneses and being materialistic. But I am talking about being kind to yourself, being compassionate to yourself, and being loving to yourself. So you just want to notice if your self-care is to the extreme where it's, you know, where it's really kind of borderline materialistic or shallow. So, and, and that you could, you can debate me on. I'm not really interested in debating you. If you do things and you need, if you need to have something, you know, to feel good, okay, good. But just start to begin to be open to evaluating what you do and why you do it. All right, so my next suggestion is, do you feel worthy, deserving, and good enough? Well, it's highly likely that you don't. And I hate to tell you, we have up to, according to all the all accounts, about 85% of the population that suffers from low self-esteem, which means they don't feel good enough, they don't feel worthy, don't, they don't feel deserving. So you might be in that 85%. So you can move away from that. My suggestion in this podcast is you use the science of neuroplasticity of the brain and take advantage of neuroplasticity using affirmations. Affirmations do work if you do them repetitively. If you do them, if they're targeted to the issue and you do it repetitively and you do it over time, you will develop new neuronal pathways. It's, that's what, it's what the science of neuroplasticity is about. It's about rewiring your brain and reprogramming your brain through a series of stimuli done repeatedly over time. And daily affirmations can really help you. And I, 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 I would say you could also put some signs around where you live or at work. Like, you know, why not? Because that's going to that's going to, you're going to see the sign that's going to remind you. So get on the road to start taking some action to start feeling better about yourself because typically people will use keeping up with the Joneses to help them feel better. So, and uh, sure, if you buy a new car or you go shopping, you know, re it's called retail therapy for a reason, you feel better, but it's a temporary fix. And what's even better is to just feel good about yourself from day to day to day. That's what's best. And I will say, uh, as a side note, what's also going to be helpful to you in this process of moving away from keeping up from the Joneses is look at the cost of being shallow, superficial, or materialistic. So in my opinion, and I'll own this, I believe that being materialistic or superficial, shallow, whatever you want to call it, keeping up with the Joneses cuts you off from love, cuts you off from yourself, your feelings, your emotions. It draws in, it can draw in the wrong kind of people who tend to be users and abusers 
who want your stuff or who want to take from you. And it really, in my opinion, cuts you off from being authentic and from authenticity. Authenticity, <laughs> authenticity, people is amazing. It is so amazing. You will love it. Let's get there. And it robs you of vitality, energy, and intimacy. So there are costs for being materialistic, shallow, or keeping up with the Joneses. My next suggestion is that you, you really get on the road to discover how amazing you are. Like I've worked with a lot of people and people start to realize eventually, you know what, I, I am, I'm, I'm pretty good, I'm, I'm pretty cool, I'm pretty neat. Yes, you are. You're already deserving. You're already good enough. You're already worthy. I'm sorry that people have told you otherwise because I'm sure they have either directly or indirectly. And you're already impressive. You don't need to have stuff to impress people. You just need to be around the people who can see who you are absent your stuff. So lighten up. You are okay. But make this a journey of self-discovery because that will give you power for the rest of your life. It will give you grace, ease, joy, happiness. It will give you everything. And my next point is you do not have to do this alone. I know most of you probably will, and that's okay, but you will do better and you'll have more fun if you take a friend. It's always more fun to do life with a friend. I hate to I hate to break it to you. I know. I had to teach my kids this when we were at an amusement park when they were young. They were all riding the rides by themselves and I took them off after the one ride and I said, okay, now we're going to stand here and watch the people on the next ride. They're like, well, we, we want to go on the next ride. I said, no, you're going to stand here with me and you're going to watch the people. So they stood there. They were fairly young. Uh, and I said, now, now watch the difference between the people who are in the ride with other people versus the people who are in the ride by themselves. And then it wasn't too long when they were like, oh, oh, yeah, the people who are by themselves don't look as happy. I said, no, they don't. Now let's look again. And yeah, oh, yeah, the people who are in the ride with other people, they look way happier. They look like they're having a lot more fun. I said, okay, the lesson is you ride with each other, take people along and have more fun. That's usually always the case. Now, if you're if you're going with the wrong people, then of course you might be better off by yourself. Like, I know some people you have to leave at the side of the road, but you know, laugh at yourself and have fun. Please make sure you bring play and fun into everything you do, because that's one of my that's one of my staunch um, things that I will not ever let go of, because life is too hard and life is too short. So if you tend to try to keep up with the Joneses or you tend to lean towards being a little materialistic or shallow or superficial, the, the world has not ended. You are not alone. This is a very, very, very common situation, but it's not the best for you. It's not what I want for you because life is rich and life is full of beautiful meaning and love and rich experiences which if you stay on the keeping up with the joneses side of life you will miss out on this richness beauty love you will miss out on some of the most poignant experiences of your life because you're looking over your shoulder to keep up with the joneses so you can move away from it this is not the end of the world but really take a look and then take some actions so you can have a life where you are well loved, happy, healthy, and all the good stuff. That's it.
I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 149, Keeping Up with the Joneses. I certainly hope you have gotten some new insights and new ideas to move your life powerfully forward so that you don't have to be looking over your shoulder to keep up with the Joneses. No, no, that's not for you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. And of course, do me a a service and share this podcast on social media. Why not? And hang in there for now. I love you. Take care. That's all.